Good morning, everybody. <laughs> wow, that was that was really good. Good to be together, huh? Good to be together. And uh, it's good to have you with us this morning. My name's Tim, and uh, welcome to Greater Alton Church. Okay, if you've got your Bibles and you'd like to follow along with me, also in, the, in your bulletin, there are some notes. Uh, you can follow along in this lesson. We're starting a new series called U-Turn, and um, I don't know if any, any of you have ever made a U-Turn before. Um, I know there's lots of times I've made a U-turn. You'll see that sign says, no U-turns allowed. How many of you have, uh, you, oh, if you could be honest, if you can be, if you, can, if you're not, if you can't be honest, I haven't even asked the question yet, Eli. <laughs> you're on the interstate and you realize you've, you're, on the, you're going the wrong way and you say, you see that little place that says, un, uh, it says authorized vehicles only and you look for any authorized vehicles first. <laughs> And you go, I'm taking it. Anybody besides me? Of course, you know. We all do U-turns. When you're going the wrong way, it comes in handy, huh? When you're lost, it comes in handy. Uh, When that that GPS says recalculating, (laughs) uh, there's a reason you're on the wrong road. And it's trying to get you back on track. And and today, uh, we're going to start a series... Uh, looking at this idea of what a U-turn is by looking at the conversions in the book of Acts. As I, I did a quick read through the book of Acts this week, and I wrote down every reference I could find that had any or, or account of a conversion or someone turning their life around in the book of Acts. I found 31 different references or passages, and I was surprised because I was always always thought there were 10 uh, a total of 20, 10 very specific, 10 generic. But as I looked, I couldn't believe there's 31. Almost every chapter, two-thirds of the chapters in the book of Acts have some reference to someone turning their life around or turning it to the Lord. And I think that's important for us to, to pay attention to because I'm interested in turning to the Lord. Are you? I want to turn to the Lord. And I found out that my turning days, I'm still doing UEs. I'm still having to do a UE every once in a while. I get I get off the wrong track. I get I, I I start thinking wrong, doing something wrong, and I think, how did I get here? And can I get out of this? Yes, you can. Yes, I can. God says you can have a U-turn. U-turns are allowed with the Lord. In fact, He encourages you and I to turn around, to see where we're going, and turn around. Let me give you some passages here. Jesus talked about uh, U-turns. Look at this here in Matthew 18. It's in your notes and up here on the screen. It says, I assure you, look what Jesus says, that if you don't turn your life around and become like this little child, you'll definitely not enter the kingdom of heaven. That's pretty serious. He said, if you don't turn your life around, you're not going to get to be part of God's kingdom. You're not going to get to go to heaven. You won't be with God. Now, let me show you, that's the contemporary English Bible. Look at the new, uh, another particular translation here. It says, look, how, look at the words it uses here. Truly I say to you, unless you are converted and become like children, you'll not enter the kingdom of heaven. This word converted, the word conversion, and we see, like I say, 31 different references in the book of Acts. Acts is filled with conversions. It leaps off the page. It wants to get your attention. Hey, people are changing. People are turning their lives around. God is working in their lives. And but but the word here, the word here for conversion, is is uh, interesting here. And I, do we have it up on the screen, Pat? There it is. Apistropho. Apistropho is the word here, 
or strepho or strepho is another form of this word. And the word literally means to turn, to turn back, to turn around a U-turn. To turn around to God. And so Acts, and so the book of Acts, when you start reading the book of Acts, and if you are reading the book of Acts, you're already noticing this, aren't you? And I would encourage the rest of us, if we're not reading the book of Acts, get in this book and start looking at all these. See if you can find 31 references. See if you can find all 31 of those, okay? And, and look at these. There's just so many examples of people turning to God. In Acts 3.19, up here on the screen, there's not enough room for all the scriptures on your notes, so I had to put some up on the screen here. Look what the Bible says here. Repent then and turn to God. Remember, Guys, you remember the old repentance study? We talked about repentance being about face. And then we learned that the word repentance actually means to change. It actually means to change. But this word, this uh, epistropho, is the second phrase. He says, you need to change your mind and change your life. You can't change your life without changing your mind. And by the way, you can't change your life without, you know, again, you change your mind without doing something to turn around. It literally takes you and I to do that. I was reading this word. This word is interesting because it can be in two ways. It can be illustrated in two ways. There are some things that are turned. You know what I'm saying? You can turn them. You can turn them. The storm turned the ship toward the shore. It's turned by some outside force. This word can be used for that. But then there's the turn that it does it by itself. Now, in other words, you and I have this an object. It has to be helped. It has to be turned. And sometimes God does do things to turn us in the right direction. But there's another part of our turning, and that's my part, your part. God can turn us and point us in the right direction. Was that you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink? Yeah, you, 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 you know, you, you could. God could say, "Look, I'm going to give you a, a circumstance or some court, sort of result of some decisions you're making, and point you sometimes in a crazy direction. You're going, man, I don't want to go this way." Well, then he leaves it up to you. He will not force you. He'll not grab you and go, you are going this direction. You ever try to do that little kid? I try to do that with Carmody or with Nora. Guess what I meet? Resistance. Let's see, what's Carmody do? She gets on her hands and knees and goes, Nora goes, bows her back. And I'm like, what is this all about? And I realize that I can't turn them. I'm already, I'm a grandpa and I've already lost the battle. (laughs) Well, you know, God has not lost the battle. He just gives you and I the freedom. He can turn your, you turn you, point you in the right direction, but guess what? You have to do the turning. And so the Bible says, repent and turn to the Lord. And look what happens. Your sins may be wiped out and the times of refreshing may come from the Lord. See, this word literally, this passage literally means change. Go back. That's fine, Pat. Change your mind and return to God. Do a yui. I'm on the wrong road. I'm on the wrong road. My GPS is saying, recalculating. Turn left. Turn left now. Now. Turn left. 
One time my brother and I, my brothers and I, we were in Phoenix, Arizona. We get off of, of the, at the airport. We get in a rental car, and my brother's got his TomTom. And we, Danny and I called it Dum Dum. We're Garmin, Garmin guys, you know. He goes, this is, a, this is incredible GPS. Puts it on there. And trying to get out of the Phoenix airport, we make three circles. And it says, turn right here. And my brother, who sometimes can, he's a gill, starts yelling at the GPS. I'm like, this trip's already in bad shape. He's like, I'm, I can't, where's the turn? I don't see the turn. You know what you're talking about. Recalculating. Shut up. <laughs> and so it's, and we do this, you know, three times. Like we're circling the wagons or something. Finally, the fourth time, we see the turn. And we're, we, we finally get to where we're going. Why? Because we listened to the GPS. We paid attention to where we were going. And we were able to make the right turn. The correct turn. Well, you know, wanting to turn... And actually making the turn are two different things. And we wanted to turn. We wanted to get off this road. We just weren't able to figure out how to do it until we finally started paying attention to where we were going. And so we see this turning constantly. These, the mind is changing. And with it, the actions are changing. Look at these two scriptures up here on the screen. Acts 9 and then Acts 11. It says, All those who lived in Lydda and Sharon saw him, saw this guy that was healed, and turned to the Lord. That's all it says. There's, there's a reference right there to conversion. Because conversion means to turn. Here's, here's another example in Acts 11. The Lord's hand was with him, that was the scat, with them, the ones that were scattered, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. So now we get a little more. They put their faith in God and they turned to Him. They believed with their mind and heart and turned with their actions to the Lord. Look at this passage here in your notes in Acts 14, verse 15. First part of it. Look what, look what the... Uh, how uh, it's being explained, how Paul's explaining. We came to tell you the good news. We're telling you to turn away from these worthless things. Turn to the true living God. All of these words, turn, 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 or is, or is this word epistropho? You turn. I, I don't, uh, I guess, you know, I love that. We're, we're, the song we sing, you have turned. You know, I just think that's perfect for this, for this to set this up, okay? And so this whole idea of conversion, when you hear... And by the way, the, con, well, the word conversion, you've got to admit, it's kind of run out of steam, it seems like, in our modern society. It may be an old term. But your conversion, my conversion, anyone's conversion, is, is the process of turning away from my sin and turning back to God. That's all it simply is. So what I want to do is I want to spend the next few weeks looking at these conversions in the book of Acts. Looking, yes, what they did to become Christians, but, but not just that, but looking, did they make a turn? Can we see a turn that we could learn? Could we see a road to get on from their conversion, from their U-turn, and actually go, oh, wow, I didn't know I could, th- that's great. I didn't, that's allowed? Wonderful. I would love to change that. Now, before we get into some, some principles in turning, turning your life around, I'd like to, from the conversions, I'd like to talk about why should we look at these conversions. And I, I'm going to tell you uh, why I look at them and, and encourage you to do the same, okay? 
and this has helped me over the years. One of the reasons I should look at the convergence of the book of Acts is so that I can learn how to turn to God. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty fundamental, isn't it? But I need, sometimes people don't know how to do this. Ask somebody, what do you do to be born again? What do you do to be saved? What do you do to be forgiven? What do you do to go to heaven? What do you do to be a part of the kingdom of God? And you know how many different answers you get? It's incredible how many different answers. I've given different answers to that question over, over the years myself. You, it, it, and it come, who knows what it, it, it just they're different answers and what are the sources why are there different answers I know for me personally there was a time when I was baptized as a baby and I thought that's all you had to do to be saved I was baptized I was told that my mom and dad said yeah we baptized you as a baby and you're, you're fine you're good to go mom and dad says so must be alright then I read my Bible and I can't find any, any babies getting baptized in the Bible. I remember one time in my life I used to say this. Well, the way you, you become a... By the way, being born again, becoming a Christian, being saved, sins forgiven, going to heaven, it's the same question. It's the same question. You do the same thing, okay, to, 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 to accomplish that. And I remember saying to myself, well, I remember... Remember Denise and I studying the Bible. I go, well, I think you have to, you, you, you have faith in God and pray Jesus into your heart and ask Him to be your personal Lord and Savior. And the reason I believed that is because church camp taught me that. Evangelists taught me that. My preacher taught me that. But I read my Bible. I don't find that sinner's prayer anywhere in the Bible. But Tim, isn't that a good thing? Perhaps, but I, I can't find it in the Bible. If I'm going to look at the conversions, you're not going to find anybody asking Jesus to come into your heart and be your personal Savior. You can't find it. And so I remember going through moments in my life where I'm... He's got awful quiet in here. Have you noticed that? I know why, because this is a touchy topic. It's a touchy topic. And I don't mean to... I'm not trying to say my way is the best way. I'm saying I'm learning. And one of the ways to clear a lot of this confusion up is just look at the conversions. That's all I'm meaning. You know, you look at them and see what you see. And ask yourself, and I'm hoping this week or this month, next two months, because I do need more time in my sermons, next two months... <laughs> that we can take and look at these conversions and just ask ourselves, just compare our conversion to the people in the book of Acts. What would, what would be wrong with that? And just ask ourselves, did I do that? Did I do that? Because I'll tell you, I know there's a host of answers. Some people say, well, you just be good and sincere and that gets you into heaven. Just be a good person. Why is it at funerals everybody's going to heaven? When you know the person in that box didn't raise heaven. I'm just... Am I right? Is everybody going to heaven? Jesus says unless you convert and turn your life around and become like a little child, you will not be there. So it's a serious issue. And so I'm, just, I'm simply saying this morning is, to clear up the confusion, let's look at the conversions. Let's just look at the conversions. Now, now you say, well, Tim, how do I know if you're right? It's not about me right, you right. It's only about what's right. You hear me? 
It truly is about what is right. Once I got my mind wrapped around that, I, then I began to understand, oh, this is not really about you being better than me or I'm being better than you. Just look at the scriptures and figure this out. It clears up a lot of confusion. You see, a lot of our answers are based on ignorance, not stupidity. Ignorance, we just don't know. Some, some of our answers are based on stubbornness. I don't like to be wrong. Anybody else in that camp besides me? Oh, you're okay. We had a few people that will say, sure, they'll admit it. Thank you, Chrissy. Okay, got Frank back there going, sure. Every head bowed, every eye closed, slip that hand up and admit it. Okay, yeah, okay, Frank, sorry. I mean, I understand that. Who wants to be wrong? We're stubborn. And sometimes it's, maybe it's not being, it's not pride or stubbornness. Maybe it's tradition. We just have always believed this. I'm still dealing with tradition, by the way, when I look at the Scriptures. All of a sudden, I'm not insulated from tradition. And neither are you. But the script, just studying the Scriptures, maybe there's a preference. Maybe there's a preference that makes you answer this. Well, I just like a God that's like that. I've always, I just can't see a God, loving God doing blank. I just don't see how that's... I just can't imagine that. And that's a great preference. And by the way, I really am close to that preference at times myself. But you know, when I get confused, just look at the conversions. Just look at the book of Acts. It clears it up. Look what Paul says in Acts 20 here. I have one message. I want you to circle that. One message. I have one message for Jews and Gentiles alike. The necessity of repenting from sin and turning to God and having faith in our Lord Jesus. He says there's only really one gospel, one message on what to do. Now, he could probably go into detail here. But I just want you to see, turning to God, it's clear how to turn to God in the book of Acts. So looking at these conversions, I think, will help you and help me understand how to respond to the grace of God. Well, Tim, I, 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 I've heard sermons like this, and sometimes I think it's, we're, we're, we're somehow lifting up works, the works of men. Let me be very, very, very clear. You are saved by works, but it's the works of God. The works of God on the cross. What you and I do is a response to that. God calls us to a response. What's your response going to be? I mean, if he's died for me on the cross, is my attention going to be like this, like this, like this, or like this? What's it going to be? Some of you, you have it. You, you, yeah, you got some attention. But God doesn't want some of your attention and focus. He wants all of it. He wants all of it. And your response is what he's going to look at. And so looking at the conversions, we see how people responded to the gospel, to the good news. Number two, I believe that um, why I should look at the book of Acts is so I can be sure I'm right with God. So I can be sure. You ever anybody say, if, if you died tonight... Would you go to heaven? Or would you have somebody say, if Jesus were to come tonight, would you go to heaven? And, or you say, are you a good, are you a good Christian? And we say, well, I hope so. I like to think so. Or, and sometimes we might even say, I'm not even really sure. You know, if we were honest. Well, the Bible 
wants to take that uncertainty out of you. Let me give you a few passages that have helped me over the years. Uh, I grew up with lots of different views on how to become a Christian. Look at this first passage, 1 John 5, 13. Now this is in the context of what John is writing to some Christians. And look what he says. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. So that tells me John's intent when he's writing to these people is, I want you to be secure in your salvation. Now, would it be safe to assume or to believe that it's not just John that can help me understand and be secure in the Lord? Couldn't the book of Acts do the same thing? I would think if we read the book of Acts and you look closely at the book of Acts, it would help you and I have more security and know we're saved. I think I can show you that here in a second. I'll show you what I mean by that. See, God doesn't want you to wonder. He doesn't want you to second, you know, guess and go, I hope so. Not in the sense of wishful thinking, but he wants to say, I hope to meet the Lord when he comes, when I die. I expect it. Why? Because I have responded to his love. And um, look, let me give you another example here before I show you another passage in Acts. Here's Peter. He's another character in the book of Acts. He says, Christian brothers, make sure you're among those, who have, uh, those he has chosen and called out for his own. As long as you do these things, you'll never trip or fall. What's he saying here? Make your calling and election sure. Now, he's talking to Christians. Now, why is he saying that? Because maybe some of them are doubting. Maybe some of them wonder. Or maybe the way they're living makes you wonder. And he says, here's how you can be sure. Here's how you can be sure. You respond to the Lord, love the Lord, put into practice in your life. Now, I need to look at my life, of course. That tells me whether or not I really am in love with God. But it also includes my, the beginning of my relationship with God. What I did to become a Christian. So looking at the conversions can actually help me gain security. I've had several people I've studied with that says, you know, Tim, I think I'm good. I said, good to go then. And I've had others go who were so confident, second guess, and go, you know what, I want to make sure. I think of Ruby Lee, who was baptized just recently, said, I was baptized as a child, Tim, and I realized, I just am starting to realize that was their decision for me, not my decision for me. And I just want to get that right. I said, okay. Okay, that's good. It's, it's, what's wrong with that? You want to make sure. You know, there's a parable in Matthew 22, if you want to jot that down, just Matthew, read it sometime, of the wedding banquet. Remember those guys were in the... There's a guy that's in the banquet, but he doesn't have the clothes. He's in there. He's in there with everybody, having a good time. And somebody goes, where's your wedding clothes? Huh? What are you doing in here? Well, I'm part of the wedding. No, you're not. You don't have the right clothes on. Get him out of here. You know, you want to make sure... <laughs> You're right with God, don't you? In Acts 16, there's a guy, there's a Philippian jailer. And uh, he, he, takes this, he takes Paul and Silas, puts them in stocks, puts them in a cell. Paul and Silas begin to sing and pray in this jail. And the jailer is hearing this. I don't know what they're singing. But they're singing some songs and they're, and they're praying. And, and this jailer, which is used to hearing moaning and groaning and complaining and all kinds of things from prisoners, is hearing something totally different. These guys are different. 
like they've done a Yui here, you know, a whole different way of approaching suffering. And there's an earthquake. And the place comes crashing down. And he's looking around. And he can't, he, you know, he's trying to get the dust. <laughs> What's going And he's thinking, oh no, the prisoners are gone. And I'm the guy that's responsible. Why me? And he takes his knife. He's getting ready to kill himself. And Paul says, don't kill yourself. We're all here. He gets a lantern, looks in. Oh, you're all here. Yeah, yeah. He goes, man, what do I do to be saved? Where'd he get this idea? Maybe it was from the praying. Maybe it was from the singing. I don't know. Maybe the circumstance of a building coming down on top of him. What can I do to have what you've got? Because you are so secure. No matter if the place comes down on you. What do I do to be saved? It says, believe in the Lord Jesus and you and your whole household to be saved. Now, what's he to believe? Well, I think the Bible clarifies that. It says, then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all those in his home, in his house. In other words, they told him what it meant. It says, at that same hour of the night, um, just a heads up, no seven studies. Just thought you all notice that. There wasn't, there wasn't this long drug out study. I wonder what, somebody must have studied, else studied with him. No, I don't think so. This is all happening within an hour or so. It says he washes their wounds. This guy who may have been the guy that inflicted the wounds is now washing and dressing the wounds. Turn around. He's treating somebody differently. Could we all use a little bit of that kind of concept in our life? I know I could. <laughs> okay. And, and what's he do? He washes their wounds. And at that hour, he is baptized and his household, his family. But notice it says, look how it wraps this up. It says, it says he brought him to the house. Here's some more change. He brings him to his house instead of at the prison and sets a meal before him. Let me take care of you. That's change. And then it says here, he was filled with what? Joy. Why? Because he had come to believe in God. It sounds he feels secure. He had a question. What do I do to be right with God? What do I do to be born again? What do I do to be saved? And his question gets answered. And now he's going, ah, I can sit here and eat with my new brothers in Christ in peace. It says he had come to believe in God. He and his whole household, his whole family is right with God. Secure? Does that sound secure? Sounds like he has no problem, does he? Like he's in good shape. And so studying these conversions will give me greater, deeper confidence. Now here's a third one. I should look at these conversions, and I, do, I look at them because, so that I can help others turn to God. I learn things from the conversions when I study the conversions. Not only about myself, but how to approach people, how to help people, and what they need to know in order to be saved. It helps me recognize what changes I need to be seeing in my life and in the lives of those that are turning to God. I found some really strange verses here. Let me, let, let me share with one up here on the screen. And you can correct me later if you've got a problem with this passage, all right? It says, As they, in other words, Paul and Barnabas, traveled through Phoenicia and Samaria, they told how the, the Gentiles had been converted. What I noticed, first of all, is the early church talked about conversions. They talked about people becoming Christians. What's so big about that? 
Well, I think there's a reason for that. Look what it says. The news made all the believers very glad. It had a positive impact talking about the conversions. I'm hoping, looking at these conversions, that we'll have a, it'll make a positive impact on us. And it'll, it'll, it'll help us, help us learn how to help others turn to God. You know, I think when you hear about somebody becoming a Christian, I know when I see someone, when I see an 81-year-old woman put on Christ in baptism in water that's ice cold, she goes, oh, my heart's in good shape, Tim. I'm ready. Okay. I wasn't concerned about your heart. I was concerned about mine. Okay. You know, we're breaking the ice, you know. No, that wasn't that bad. No, but, but it, was cold. it was cold. It wasn't warm like we'd like to have it. But it was, what was so cool was I'm watching this woman, 81 years old, and she, you know what she's confirming for me? The gospel still works. When I see somebody, you know, a college student that's just all over the road and they go, I'm ready to, put, I'm ready to become a Christian, and they're radical? They're not just, okay, my first radical thing I'm going to do is go to church and that's about it. No, they're going, I'm going to do much more than that. I'm inviting my friends on campus. I'm trying to get them to open the Bible up with me. I don't know what I'm doing, but God's going to help me. And they've got that fire in them. You know what that tells me? The gospel is still powerful. Still powerful. And when I see Christians, by the way, I'm still turning. I said that before. Are you still turning? We've been, I've been a Christian 30-some years. I've lost count. I'm still turning. Still, and when I see Christians who've been around a long time, crusty old Christians, don't look at them. They won't look at you because their neck will crack. They're, they've been around so long. But when I see Christians like that say, you know what, I'm tired of sitting on the fence, I'm getting back in the game, that tells me the gospel still works. That encourages me. And it helps me learn how to turn someone else toward the Lord. The Apostle Paul, he used his own conversion. Talk about a guy who wants to talk about conversions. He, he said, well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to talk about my own. Not only did he talk about other people's conversions, when he had opportunity, he would talk about his own. It's the most recorded conversion in the book of Acts. Three times it's in the book of Acts. Acts 9, Acts 22, and Acts 26. And before King Agrippa, he's telling King Agrippa what happened to him. The best conversion that you could share with people is your own. And he says, King Agrippa, after I had this vision from heaven, I obeyed it. I, did what, I didn't disobey it. I did what I was told. And then he begins to explain some more about, you know, this wasn't done in a corner. You know that. The king's familiar with the word of God. The king understands what's happening with the kingdom now. And here's what Agrippa says. Paul, do you think you can persuade me to become a Christian in such a short time? Agrippa, see, it was very obvious to Agrippa that Paul was trying to convert him. Paul wasn't sneaking up on him. And then about three studies down the road, are you trying to convert me? It was obvious what he was trying to, it was obvious what he was trying to do. And, and King Agrippa says, man, you think you can persuade me to become a Christian in such a short time? I need seven studies. I guess that's what he's saying. I need a bunch of studies here. But he's basically saying, you can't convince me this quickly. And look what Paul says. I love his answer. Whether it's a short time or a long time, I pray to God that not only you, but every person listening to me today would be saved and be like me. And then I can see the sarcasm, except for these chains I have. 
He's saying, man, I want you to experience what I'm experiencing. Greatest, the greatest conversion you can share with people is your own. And studying other people's conversions, talking about each other's conversions, listening to each other's stories helps me form and, and hone and craft mine even better. And that's what I hope will happen when you look at the conversions in this series. It'll help you. Not only solidify your faith, but maybe you don't know, you're confused. You, some of you here, I know there's some, someone here who goes, I don't even know if I'm right with God, Tim. I'm not even sure how to turn to God. The conversions will help you do that. And if, you're, if you have some doubts, it'll help you strengthen your doubts. And it'll help you also reach people you're wanting to reach, maybe in your family or your neighborhood, your community. Now, with the time I have left, I want to talk about just uh, what I learned, learned this week as I looked at the conversions. When I looked at them, I saw how a person can turn their life around because that's what conversion's about. It's about doing a U-turn. So, the, so what do we got here on the notes here? The conversions teach me that I can turn my life around, number one, when I assess the direction I'm going. Most U-turns occur... Because you're on the wrong road. Does anybody need clarification with that? Am I right? That's the truth. I'm going the wrong way. So, so I, so it's a good, it's good and it's healthy. It's healthy to sometimes stop what you're doing every once in a while and take a good look around and take a good look at the road you're on in life. Look what Proverbs says in Proverbs 14:15. Don't be stupid and believe all you hear. Be smart and know where you're headed. You say, man, a, a, a wise man considers his ways, he's saying. And he says, don't, don't just believe everything you hear. I'm saying to you this morning, don't believe everything I'm telling you. Check it out. Check it out. Just be, I know some of you here, you know, you, you're, I remember I thought my preacher, well, he ain't going to lie to me. Intentionally. Of course not. But he might make a mistake or two. So how do I get around this? How do I, I mean, what do I do with this? What are you saying, Tim? You just, I'm starting to believe what you're saying. Now you're taking your credibility away. I'm not, oh, wait a minute. I'm not saying that. I'm not surrendering my credibility. I understand how important that is, but you know I'm a human being. And so are you. Right? We're all, we're all in the same boat here. I have to be very careful what I hear. In Acts 17, was it the Bereans that studied the Bible every day? To see if what the Apostle Paul, Apostle, heals the sick, raises the dead, strikes people blind, to make sure what he said was true. Now, I'm not an Apostle. So we have to look at the Scriptures, look at them closely. I've been studying my daily Bible now. I think this is my sixth or seventh year. I've lost count. My mother warned me of this. She said, Tim, you're going to read it so much. If you keep going it, you'll forget how many years you've done it. But then she said, but let me tell you a promise that's going to happen. You're going to see things in that Bible you normally don't see. Why is that? I don't know, Tim. Maybe it's because you go through it so many times. You just see those familiar signposts, but you don't notice other details along the road. Kind of like a movie. You ever watched a movie so much that you're kind of not watching the main stuff anymore? You see the background? Those, I saw Shane last night. Shane! I love Shane. Cried. Is he dead? No one knows. What are you talking about? Watch the movie Shane. This is what I'm talking about. 
It's the very first time that movie ever recorded a real gunshot. The first time. It shocked everybody how loud it really was. They've always been dubbed in. This was wham! And remember the kid goes, that's some good shooting, Shane. I'm watching Shane. I've watched it, I don't know how many, maybe 20, 30 times. I never noticed the Grand Tetons in the background, Danny. First time I ever noticed it. Oh, they are gorgeous. They're gorgeous. And the, the Bible's the same way. Oh, yeah, I know. That's, a, that's Ethiopian. That's Candace. Sweena. Yeah, I know. There's Philip. And he's getting a chariot. And blah, blah, blah. And but you, then you go, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's that? Why is he reading out of Isaiah? What's that all about? That's what we're trying to do in our small groups as we're looking through the book of Acts right now. We're trying to get you guys some kind of look at some other stuff besides the typical stuff. You know, just don't go to Yellowstone to look at Old Faithful. There's a lot more there to see. There's some incredible stuff. And I'm saying, look and make sure what I'm teaching you is true. Don't just take my word for it. That'd be stupid. And don't take your word just because Charles Stanley or Rick Warren, okay, or whoever on the web has got this neat latest sermon. You go, I love bot radio. It's something. Hey, Graf, wow. Well... You better make sure. You better check them out. Because Proverbs says it'd be stupid. Be smart. Really look at it. So sometimes to make a turn, I just, I just need to look where I'm going. Years ago, we had a men's retreat or a campus retreat, either Macomb or Bloomington, Illinois. I remember it was up north. Some of you old crusty guys remember probably. We went up there. And then we started heading back. And we heard of a group of guys that ended up in Terre Haute, Indiana. You remember that? How in the world did that happen? Well, like Bugs Bunny. They took the wrong turn at Albuquerque. I mean, that's all I could think of. It was a wedding. That's what it was. Were you there, Mike? I was the one. Okay, okay, now. There we go. Man. It was a wedding. I don't even... But I was telling the first group this. I go, they ended up in Terre Haute. I mean, I don't know when it gave it away. Welcome to Terre Haute. I mean, finally. Hey, I think we're going the wrong way. But it happens. And there's, he'll give you all kinds of details, I'm sure. I remember, I remember a couple of guys thinking it was so funny and thought, boy, what a bunch of dumb These guys are stupid. They don't know what they're doing. We go to church camp. It's at Little Prairie Bible Camp in Rolla, Missouri. Some of you have been there. This group of guys, it's time. Teen Week is over. We're heading home. And if you're a staff on staff at Teen Week, you are exhausted. You are wiped out because you've been staying up all night. They say no late talks, but you can't help it. Three or four in the morning. You watch the sunrise. Oh, no, another day. <laughs> Already? And, and these guys are exhausted. And these fellas, they, it's time to go. They get on I-44. Heading towards St. Louis. And then they stop at a gas station. They get about an hour or so out of town. They get stop to get something to drink. The driver says, I'm so tired. Can somebody else drive? Sure, I'll drive for you. Thanks, man. He goes to sleep. There's three or four guys. They get back on I-44. They're in Oklahoma. That was not you. Okay. <laughs> They were in Oklahoma. 
I remember because we sit out here at church drinking coffee going, where is it? And they came to the people, you know, where are they? And finally the phone rings, uh, we're not going to be able to make a church. Where are you? We're in Oklahoma. <laughs> what are you doing in Oklahoma? Oh, well, I let somebody else drive. I went to sleep. And they got on 44, but they went the wrong way. You know, you've you got to pay attention to where you're doing. You might be surprised where you end up. And it's true, it's true spiritually, would you agree? You've got to, man, if you don't pay attention to where you're going, you're going to end up on the wrong road. Look at this passage in Acts 26. The Apostle Paul again, he's speaking, and he says, here's what God told him. God told him these words. I'm sending you to the Gentiles to open their eyes. Well, what's that mean? Well, let's read on. To open their eyes so they may turn, there's that word again, from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God. You could say, to open their eyes so they may turn from Terre Haute to Alton, from Oklahoma to Illinois. He said, part of my message, Tim, part of my message, Agrippa, is that I want these... I'm here, God says He wants me to go talk to these people to help them understand where they are. So they can see where they are. Look here. Then they'll receive forgiveness of their sins. That's not like becoming a Christian. And be given a place among God's people. Does that sound like being part of the kingdom? Who are set apart by faith in me. It sounds like somebody turning and trusting the Lord. Absolutely. This morning, do you need to open your eyes? During this series, maybe you need to open your eyes. And just, why not look around? Look at your life a little closer. Because these people in the book of Acts turn to the Lord. And I'm interested in turning to the Lord. I want to learn all I can from veterans who have turned to the Lord. Look at this in Proverbs 4. This is up on the screen now. The ways of right, look at the contrast. The ways, the ways of right living people glow with light. The longer they live, the brighter they shine. But the road to wrongdoing gets darker and darker. Travelers can't see a thing. They fall flat on their faces. Question. Is your path brighter or dimmer? If you look at this, and by the way, I'm not saying, for, for those of you in your teens and your 20s, I'm not saying have a midlife crisis here. You don't have to have a midlife crisis, okay, to ask this question. It's a question, it's a healthy question we need to ask all, to, all the time throughout our life. What, where am I heading? Where am I going? Where's this going to end? Or what's the destination here? Is, is the path I'm on brighter or dimmer? Is my marriage better or worse? Is my relationships, the way I treat... Am, am, am my habits getting better or worse? Lighter or darker? Uh, another question. The life I'm on, this path I'm on, is it, am, I, is it about, am I pleasing God with it? Or is it more about pleasing myself? We've got to ask ourselves where we're going. That's what I'm asking you to do. In Acts 2, after Peter explains what to do to become a Christian, look at verse 40. It says, with many other words, as the NIV says, I'm so glad that verse is in the Bible. With many other words, he says, he goes on, he says, then Peter continued preaching for a long time. Praise God that verse is in there. Thank you, Lord. Encouraging. Strongly urging all of his listeners to what? Save yourselves from this crooked generation. He's saying, look where you're going. 
U-turns are allowed. Turn around. Repent. And be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. Man, you need to turn it around. Look where you're going. Number two. The convergence teaches me that I can turn my life around when I'm not afraid to ask for directions. I know why I, might, I, I know why I'd laugh at that. How many of us have a hard time taking direction? You're on the road, fellas. I, we always say it's the guys. It usually is. You know, and our wife will say, "Have you guys seen that? Is that a Geico commercial where the Tarzan and Jane?" And she looks at the chimpanzee. Where's the way to the river? He goes, hoo, 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 hoo. He, looks at, he goes, I'm Tarzan, I know. You don't know anything. It's over here. And they leave them arguing. And how many times that happened in the car? Just pull over and ask for directions. One time we, we got lost one time. One of many times. We got lost. And he goes, why don't you pull over and ask for directions? I know where I'm going. No, you don't. Just ask for directions. You know, the, I learned something. The longer I f- refuse to ask for directions, the longer I'm lost. It's not until I pull over and say, hey, Buddy, can you help me here? Yeah, you're, you gotta go down here. I thought so. And make that left there and that right there. Oh, I didn't know that. And you'll be there. Uh, some of us here remember Penny Rouse State Park? Paul Mariolis has got a good story there. Where we tried to go to Penny Rouse for a campus retreat, and the GPS put us in the middle of a farm. And so everybody by that time had to use the bathroom really bad. So we're here to, I kid you not, I'm knocking on the farmer's door. He opens up. It's like midnight. What can I do? Help you. Uh, We're lost. We're trying to find Penrail State Park. And I look behind me. And you know how the headlights of a car are like below the hill? And there's this shine. And it looks like the walking day. These people are walking. And this, I kid you not, one of the campus students walks up and goes, I need to use your bathroom. Just kept going. Didn't even want to know if he said yes or no. We just need to ask for directions, man. And once we asked for directions, we were there. All was good again. All was good. And see, you find several questions. I love the book of Acts. I love the convergence. Because in the convergence, we see it's okay to ask questions. Where do we get this idea that it shows some kind of weakness if I ask a question? It's the wisest thing you could do. I had to tell myself that over and over again. And here in the book of Acts, you see these people asking questions. A familiar one, the Ethiopian eunuch. Tell me, please, who's the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? In Athens, look at the question these guys ask after Paul gets done with them. May we know what this new teaching is that you're presenting? We want to know more. Would you tell us more? Great questions. And then you've got these very specific questions. They're even very, very interesting. And they're up here on the screen. Acts 2. Acts 16 and Acts 22. Look at all of them. Brothers, what shall we do? Sirs, what must I do to be saved? The Apostle Paul asked this question. What do you want me to do, Lord? Very stubborn man. But he was humbled. He was humbled. You see, God can turn you. But you've got to make your own turn. I go back to this idea because when Paul was blind for three days, he saw more... When God turned him and blinded him for three days, he saw more about his life than he'd ever had, blind. And when he finally had opportunity to obey the Lord, man, he took it. 
He took advantage of it. He says, what do you want me to do, Lord? What a great question. I challenge you during this series to have the guts and the courage to ask God and someone, what do I need to do to be saved? What, what should I do with this situation? Advice-seeking, direction-seeking is not permission. It's not permission. It's a benefit to wisdom. Now, notice this last passage, and I'll, be, and I'll move this last one and wrap this up. I want you to know something. Here in Proverbs 2, it's important we understand something. The most informed person is the one that asks the most questions. If I want to know something, just need to ask. And look what the Bible says in Proverbs. It encourages us to ask questions. Yes, beg for knowledge. Plead for insight. Look at it as hard as you would for silver and some hidden treasure. If you do, you'll know what it means to fear the Lord, and you will succeed in learning about God. What a blessing if we just ask for We get to the destination a lot sooner. And if, I'm, if I want to change my life and turn it around, God, what do you want me to do? What a refreshing question. When's the last time that's come out of your mouth? You say, Lord, what do you want me to do? And you talk to a Christian brother or sister. What do I need to do here? And we look at the Word together. I turn my life around when I assess the direction I'm going, when I'm not afraid to ask for directions. And the third one is when I start moving in the right direction. See, repentance is not, and conversion is not just a desire. It's a verb. It's an action. It can't be just a desire. Like I said before, God can turn me, but then there's the action that he, he does. There's the action that I must have and I must do if I'm going to turn my life around. Look at what it says in Revelation 2.5 here. Turn back to me and do the works you did at first. You see, turning my life around is more than a desire. I, you know, I need to... I, what, do you, what, what do you need? And you say, man, I, I need to change this or I want to change this. And that's great. That's great if you want to change something. Go, I know I need to change that, Tim. I know I need to change that. I need to work on that. I want to turn that around. That's great. That's a great desire. But let me tell you something greater. It must, for it to really be great, this desire to really take hold, it must transform into some action. You've got to take that step. You've got to take the wheel and go, well, I'm getting off. I'm getting off, and I'm going in another direction. When I read about the prodigal son... And you read, when you read about him in Luke 15, you notice that he, he go, decides to go in a different direction. His father says, this is the way it is at home. You know, he says, I'm doing my own thing. And he goes off to the far country. When he gets there, things don't work out, do they? There's a famine. He's feeding pigs, which Jews don't, don't, don't even have anything to do with pork and pigs, you know. And so here he is, and he's, it's almost like it's, the Bible says when he came to his senses, when he came to himself, literally means when he saw his reflection, when he saw himself, when he saw where he was going. He says, you know what? It hit him. Bing! My father's servants have it better than I do. I know what I'll do. I'll go back to my father, and I'll just be a hard servant. And he practices it. I don't know, deserve to be your son, just a servant. And that, that's how I can get out of this. And so he has this great desire, but it doesn't, it doesn't start until he gets up and starts going toward his father. And he's not, listen, he's, not, he's pretty far away from his father. heading. And what's his father do? 
The Bible says he runs to him. God doesn't make you crawl back and beg. If he sees you turn, he knows you need some reassurance, some encouragement. He runs. Put shoes on this boy. Put a ring on this boy. Put a robe. Kill the fatted calf. Why? Because, and his son's going, wait a minute, I got a speech. <clears throat> I don't deserve, shut up, put on, the, put on the sandals. But I wanted to tell you I was sorry. You come and action speaks louder than words. I know you're sorry. You wouldn't be back. And what's he do? Kills a fatted calf. He says, my son has come home. My son has come home. Why? What what happened? This great blessing that this son experiences, and every son and daughter experiences this. This great blessing awaits us. Because we all get off track. We all mess up. We all take the wrong turn at Albuquerque. Let's, come on. We do. How did I get here? We'll say. What a mess I've made of things. What am I going to do? As if there's no reverse and I can't get out of it. And God says, look, look ahead of you, Tim. Like Bruce Almighty, show me a sign. And the sign is you turn. You turns aloud. You can turn it around right now. Anything, anything. It's got to be more than you want to. You've got to start paying attention and obeying the sign. (laughs) Obey the sign. So this morning, let me ask you, where are you heading? Just ask yourself that question. Don't worry about so-and-so, your husband, wife, kids, whatever. Where are you heading? Where are you going? Take a good look at the road you're on. Where's this going? Ask yourself, where am I going here? Where am I going to be in a couple of years, in 10 years? If you say, if, if some of you here, if someone here says, you know what, Tim, I don't know where I am. I'm kind of lost in this thing. I don't, I don't have a GPS. I'm kind of, I feel kind of lost in the traffic here. Or maybe you've gotten off track and you go, you know what, I've just, I've, I've veered off. I've taken an exit I shouldn't have taken. And I, and I see Oklahoma. Oh boy. How'd this happen? Well, maybe how this happened we can discuss some other time. Right now you need to, Make a Yui. Turn, God says you can turn it around. You can come right back. He allows it. He encourages it. Look what it says here in Isaiah 55 up on the screen as we close. Turn to the Lord and pray to Him now that He is near. Let the wicked leave their way of life and change the way of their, their way of thinking. Now look here. Let them turn to the Lord our God. Why? Oh, He is merciful and quick to forgive. Is that what you need to do this morning? We have a card in your bulletin, and it's a simple card. Maybe there's a response you want to write out or a prayer you want to write out. Maybe a commitment you want to make. I want to, you know what, Tim? I'm a little confused. I don't know where I'm at. I want a Bible study with somebody. And I would suggest you write that, you know, circle, check that box, whatever, but also talk to somebody you know here and say, would, could, could we get together? And, and maybe you got, you know, Tim, I, 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 I just need some prayers right now. I need to turn to God and pray to Him. Well, why, why don't you let some other people pray with you? Let them pray with you. Put, I want you to pray about this because I want to turn this around. I know with the Lord's help I can, and I need everybody and I, I can to pray and lift that up to, to heaven for me.
And here's what you're going to experience if you do this, if you turn to the Lord. You're going to start experiencing His mercy and His forgiveness. You're going to experience confidence. Because you know you're, you're on the right road. So we're going to give you an opportunity to, to uh, fill out that card this morning, that communication card, if you like. We're going to sing a song while that's... The uh, worship team will sing a song while you do that. Then we're going to sing another song and collect all those cards along with our regular contribution. May God bless you to make U-turns this week. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the book of Acts. Lord, thank you for these people. You know, these are everyday people, Father. These aren't, you know, theologians or whatever you want to call them or experts in life. They're, they're just everyday people, Father, we look at. And, and, Father, we pray that as we look at the conversions that we'll learn how to turn to you. Father, let these conversions give us, give us assurance and direction on how to help other people. Father, I pray that, that this morning somebody here just, I'm, I'll put my in there. I need to look where I'm going. I need to pay attention where I'm going. And I pray, Father, the rest of us that are, that are thinking like that, that you'll reveal to us what we need to change, what we need to turn. Father, I, I pray that we'll have the courage and the faith to ask questions because it's the wisest thing we could do. I pray for some of us here that will set our pride and our, our stubbornness aside and our fear aside and just say, you know what, I need help here. Why not? Help us, Father, do that. And Father, for some of us here who, who desperately want to change, we want to change that habit. We want to overcome that stronghold. We, we want to change the, our, the habits that, that have drawn us away from you and, and, and the relationships, Father. We know we need to improve those godly relationships. Father, I just pray, we pray together that we'll not just let that be a desire and let it rest there, but it'll be, become an action that will start moving and make those steps in the right direction. Thank you for allowing U-turns. Thank you, Lord, for allowing U-turns. We praise you in the name of Jesus. Amen.